Good evening. It is good to see each of you. If you're a guest, again, we welcome you. It does encourage us that you're here, and we want to be an encouragement to you. If you'd like to be open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians, the 12th and 13th chapter, uh, we will have slides tonight, but a lot of the readings will not be on the screen. A few of them will be, but, but uh, it would really be helpful to you if you, if you grab a Bible there, uh, 1 Corinthians 12 and 13. Uh, that'll be somewhere around 1,000, probably 16 or 17, maybe even 18, maybe even 19. But yes, somewhere around the 1,000 and late teens, and you'll be close uh, to 1 Corinthians, uh, the uh, 12th and 13th chapter. What a tremendous, tremendous time that God is giving us here to be involved in His kingdom, to be active in His work, and let us see uh, the riches of His blessings. Uh, so many of you participated in the extra boost to get our food pantry built back up, and we wanted to show you a picture of that. Uh, that I don't know from the picture if that looks like a lot of food to you, but that's looking down a hallway, and that is a lot of food. And uh, we, and speaking on behalf of those that work with the pantry and benevolence, we want to thank you very much. Uh, we want to remind you that to keep the food pantry stocked, it is an ongoing, and some of you bring every week. And this is just kind of an awareness. If you don't know about that, this is something you can be involved in however frequently you want. If you want to bring one item every week or a few items once a month, uh, every day there are uh, bags of food leaving this building going into homes in our surrounding areas of individuals that need help. And so it's a wonderful way that we can show the love of God. As we think about that, the theme for this month, we think about God's family, the theme for the year, God's love. And that's what we've been emphasizing. And we'll get to that in a few minutes. And, and tonight will be our last uh, lesson in that particular series. Uh, if I could mention just a few things to you, I want to uh, just say a big thanks to Tim Martin for just challenging us from the Word of God this morning with a tremendous lesson. And then for Bible Class Emphasis Day, which was uh, just a great success. Anytime that we can emphasize the study of God's Word, if you have not found your place in a Bible class, it would make a huge difference in your life and what you learn in the knowledge of God's Word and also in finding relationships and better places to serve. And I just want to really encourage you. We would love to help you find a Bible class that's just a real good fit for you. Uh, you can find that on your own. You're welcome to visit around classes on Sunday morning and Wednesday nights. Or if you'd like for us to help you, please give us a call. We would love to help you find that. It's very, very important. Uh, in, in what we do here, that we can help each other. And when we're in Bible class together, it creates an environment that is much, much better for us to help each other. I know uh, many of the classes got together today and, and ate lunch. I heard about the one at Charlie Daniels. I think there's 130 of you present, which was amazing. I know other classes the last few weeks have been getting together and praying, getting together and studying even outside of Sunday or Wednesday. There's just a lot of good works that are being done. And uh, let's just continue to take advantage of every opportunity that God gives. Also, do keep in mind that these bright colored sheets about the community giveaway day, the community giveaway day, these are out in the foyer. And so be sure and pick those up. You can see on the screen the various things that will be explained in this. I'm just going to mention a few things and then you go and pick this up for a lot more information. On the next slide, you'll see just some things off of the first page. And that is the date of family of the 
Community giveaway day is September 29th and uh, no furniture items um, or the non-furniture items will begin dropping off on the September the 5th. Furniture items will begin Monday, September 24th. And then within here are a lot of guidelines about what we're trying to do this year and how you can help in having things prepared as you drop them off. So please... uh, Help out with this in every way, and one way is becoming informed. And so pick up a sheet tonight on your way out, and that will help you a lot. Also, uh, just to think about what we've done the last few weeks, and I I keep getting... um, you know, remarks and questions about all the, the homework assignments that we've done this, this whole month. And several of them are still scattered throughout the window seals and even throughout the foyer. But on this next slide, we see that we, had, we received a letter from First John and we studied through that. We wanted to lay the groundwork of what is the love of God. And he first loved us and we want to practice that. Then second week, we talked about loving all one another's. And so let's reach out and let's help somebody that's struggling. And hopefully we do that in a lot of ways that particular week we just simply wanted to write a note of encouragement to to try to help someone along and then this past week we did the simple acts of kindness cards and assuming that maybe many of us probably didn't finish that up there are still uh, cards scattered also throughout please be sure and pick those up what we're not doing this year since it's a much shorter window of time a lot of time we've done this for a month uh, we haven't put up on the website a place for you to post anonymously uh, things that you've done and just how interesting it was and, and maybe an interesting response. But can I ask you to do this? If you have a neat story, uh, would you email that to me? You can go to the website and, and email it to the web address and then uh, mention me and they'll forward it on. And I'd love to put just a few of the stories in the bulletin and I'll put it in there anonymously. But if there's something that you've done, uh, be sure and, and, and let us know so that that work and that action simply be an encouragement. If you haven't done this yet, be sure and keep a few of these with you this week and go out every day looking with open eyes to see who you can help. Uh, I'd, I'll just quickly mention that a year ago, Last week, uh, I was in an audience of, uh, or I was in a seminar teaching it, and the audience was mostly preachers, and there were probably uh, about 100 to 125 preachers, and they asked me to speak on the simple acts of kindness. And, and so I told them what I did. Well, this past week when I was at that very same seminar, I couldn't walk through the halls of that lecture uh, without getting stopped almost every day and some preacher saying, you wouldn't believe we did that this past year. I've got to tell you what it did for our congregation. And it was just success story after success story. One fellow was a part of a, a smaller congregation and he said, he said, we had a widow that all month just camped out at McDonald's. He said she spent $300 giving out cards all the time at McDonald's. And he said, and he said, uh, he said, we had 15 baptisms during that work. Listen, there is nothing that is louder than love. You want to get the attention of a community, you love them. God's love cannot be ignored. And we shouldn't have to have a card to do it. But if that's what it takes to remind us to do it, it's a great exercise this week. Let's do it with our card and then let's spend the rest of our life with our eyes open to say, what can we do that's good 
and always give the glory to God. And that's the beauty of the cards. It's just a quick and very clear way to give the glory to God. So what's the homework assignment this week? You'll notice on the end of your pews, if you will, grab one of the letters, or really it's a stationary, a piece of stationary, and you will have to provide the letter yourself. Uh, take one and pass them down. There's enough in this building for everyone. So uh, if, if you're pew runs out, you might kind of look in front of you or look behind you. And uh, they are not on each end of every pew. So if they're on your end, try to make sure they get all the way to the end. I'll go ahead and read this beginning so that we can read this together. It says, can you believe it? I was given a homework assignment at church, but really I'm thankful. You see, they gave me this piece of stationery with a wonderful opportunity. Write a letter to someone who has made a big difference in your spiritual life. Well, I thought of you. You have really encouraged me, dot, dot, dot. Tonight, we're going to study about the spiritual gifts God has given us and love. And when we run into trouble is when we think, when we think that it's all about us and we forget that the only reason we have what we have is because God has given it to us. And the only place you're where you are today is because other people have helped you get there. In other words, we hope that this study tonight and that our mind is stirred with gratitude. People that are grateful do a much better job serving God because they serve out of love. And so I want you to just stop and think for a moment. And, and some of you are probably going to go through this exercise and you're going to end up probably writing five or six letters out of this. And that would be even better, wouldn't it? But I want you to think for just a moment, who is it that when you look back in your life, you say, you know what? Maybe they don't even realize it. They made a huge impact on my life spiritually. And it might be somebody 10, 15, 20 years ago, or it may be somebody last week. But who is it that's still alive today that has made a huge impact on your life spiritually? It would be a humbling and beneficial exercise for each one of us to take the time and appreciate them. And thank God that they placed them in our lives and write a note to them. And every day realize we're serving because others have been a blessing to us. And we're serving because God is the great and masterful resource. And without God and without others, we would never even be capable of serving. Ministry is the result of gifts from God. And so with that in mind, I hope that this study tonight is a blessing to you. When we think about the grading system, I'd like for you to think about the E being for excellent. And when I was in elementary school, you know, instead of high school, they had the A, B, and, and C, and D, and F in the grading system. You know, we, we had the E for excellent. And then remember, we had the S for satisfactory and we had a U for unsatisfactory. And between that, you know, you could get a, an E plus or an E minus or an S plus or an S minus. I don't know about the U's if they ever had any pluses or minuses to them. But, but isn't it interesting to think about excellence where, where you get a, a grade that says excellent. And I don't mean to minimize God's work as if God is up there critiquing as if it's a grade. And, and if we pass, we get to enter into heaven. But it is a reality that we are God's stewards. 
And he is going to look us in the eye one day and he's either going to say, well done. That sounds like an E right there. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Or he's going to look at us as an unfaithful servant and and it's going to be depart from me. And so let's pause for a moment and just think, what is it that we could do in a life of service to God where God would look at us and say, now that's an E. That is a very, very well life a, live, a life lived well in service to me. What is it? You know, many times over the last couple of years, we have referenced 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, the love chapter of the Bible. And when we've done so, we've also mentioned it's in a broader setting. And if we understand the setting, it really has power. Tonight, that's my goal. Tonight, I want us here on a Sunday night, we're with a crowd that usually enjoys digging a little deeper. I want us to dig a little deeper and I want us to see the setting. And when you look at the verse that's bottom of the screen there in your Bible, it's 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. I'd like for you to look at the very last verse in 31. And this really, this really speaks to both chapters, chapters 12, 13, and really even into chapter 14. Notice what he says, but earnestly desire the best gifts. And yet I show you a more excellent way. And the excellent way is love. So he says, I want you to desire something. Well, God, what do you want us to desire? He says, I want you to earnestly desire. I want you to really desire. What, God? Gifts. Why? Because when God gives us gifts, it provides us with opportunities to do more in his service. Listen, if God gives you a pay increase, do you think the only reason he gives you a pay increase is so that you can keep 100% of it and spoil yourself? Or do you think he gives you a pay increase because you can do more to help other people? You can do more in his kingdom. When God gives you a gift and then that gift, you use it and it grows and you mature in that gift. And maybe now you can do the gift God has given you much better than you could have done it five years ago. Why did God give you that increase? Do you think he gave you that increase so that you hope you can get more attention? Hey, did somebody see me? I'm wanting to do better because I'm wanting everybody to brag on me. Or did God give you that increase so that you can do greater things in his kingdom? You see, there is no problem. The truth is something's wrong with somebody that says, I don't desire gifts from God. God is saying you ought to really desire them. There ought to be an earnest desire. God, please give me more because I want to be that conduit that the more you give me, the more I'm going to give and help other people. It's all about your kingdom, God. But now notice, those excellent gifts that we desire are worthless unless they're coupled with the E, the excellent way. And the excellent way is love. So let's spend some time in the 12th chapter and let's see about these gifts. But then at the end of this lesson, let's come to the 13th chapter and see what is this excellent way that we are to be using these gifts. In other words, what if somebody right now, and I'm not saying anybody in here would do this, but just what if somebody in here, like with that little homework assignment just a moment ago, what if we had somebody that was one of the best in our eyes, would be one of the best leaders of a ministry. They just seem to always get it done. And then you say, you ought to write a letter of gratitude. And they say, I don't have time to write letters of gratitude. I'm all about service. That's where we would miss it. Our life of service cannot, in God's eyes, for us to get the E, we cannot leave out the excellent part. And the excellent part is love. Love for God, love for others cannot be taken out of the equation. So what does it look like? 
On this next slide, I'm going to throw this out. And if, hey, I'm telling you right now, if you do not know the scriptures as well, and you look at this and say, okay, I'm lost from the beginning of this lesson. I promise you, we're going to throw this up for those that know the scriptures better. It's just a really neat little table. And, and then we're going to move from here. So if you think, I don't understand this, we're going to come back to 1 Corinthians 12 and 13, and you'll understand it from here. But isn't it interesting that God tries to explain to us his his church in various ways so that there are various characteristics we can understand. For example, why does he describe the church as a bride? Because we're to be ready for the coming of the bridegroom. Or why does he describe the church as a family? Because we understand that we're adopted and we have brothers and sisters that we're responsible to and and all this. Why does he describe us as a temple? Because God dwells in the temple and God is supposed to dwell in us, which calls us to a holy life, which is going to kick off our Bible classes next week for a month-long series of holiness in our relationships. Why does God call us to be a soldier in an army? Because it helps us realize that we are fighting an enemy. It helps us realize that, that uh, we, we would give up and sacrifice and even risk our life for a greater cause. All right, so I've thrown out a few there. You're familiar with those. Why does God give us the analogy of the body? Isn't it interesting that in the three, if we would say, main passages that God shows us the church as a body and all three of them, he's doing it first to show us that it is to be one body, the unity. But he's also using that very same analogy to show us that just as much as unity is important, it's also important for us to recognize there's diversity. There are many members that make up this one body. And we're to be unified in the doctrine and in the love of God. But that unity doesn't take away that we're still different people. We're still individuals. In other words, we have individual gifts. And then each of these passages points to the maturation process. And so when he writes in Romans, the 12th chapter, which, by the way, is what we studied last Sunday morning. It is a passage that is rich in the first part of it about unity. In the middle part of that chapter, it's about the diversity of gifts that he's given us. And the last part is, can you take these practical teachings and grow in your life together with each other serving God? Ephesians, the fourth chapter, verses 1 through 16 is a rich study about the body of Christ. The first six to seven verses are all about the unity that we have in Christ. The next few verses talk about the the diversity that we have even among our leadership, that not everyone is given the same role of leadership. And then the next several verses from 13 down to verse 16 is all about the body growing into the stature and the fullness of Jesus Christ. And remember verse 15, it was speaking the truth in love. And verse 16, it's each member doing their share causes growth of what? Of the body. In other words, if we were to say, God, why do you give us the the metaphor of the body? And he would say, I want you to see how different you are, but that you're supposed to be united and that the body should always be growing. The body should always be maturing. Beautiful powerful teachings about the body. We go to the next slide, though, and we see the beginning of our text tonight, 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. Notice he says, now concerning spiritual gifts. You remember 1 Corinthians is written in such a way that it's almost like a list of questions that have been sent to Paul of problems or questions that they had. And so from time to time, he'd say, okay, let's bring up this topic. And so now it's the topic of probably what was happening were those that would speak in tongues, had become arrogant, and were probably taking over the services. We especially say that in 1 Corinthians, the 14th chapter. 
And so what he's doing is trying to help everyone realize there's not someone that's better than someone else just because their spiritual gift looks more important than someone else's spiritual gift. And so if those speaking in tongues were becoming arrogant and and conceited and trying to take over worship, he writes the 12th, 13th, keep in mind the love chapter, he writes the 12th, 13th, and 14th chapter to say, it just should not be that way. So what is it that we find here? On this next slide, we get a picture here of the unity as well as the diversity. Let's look in four, five, and six. I'd like for you to see in each of these verses, we see the unity as well as the diversity. If you have your Bible, look down there to the 12th chapter, verse four. There are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. In other words, you have spiritual gifts. I have spiritual gifts. Maybe one of my spiritual gifts is preaching. That's debatable. Yours might be showing mercy to others. Yours might be generous in gifts. Yours might be teaching. Uh, Yours might be leading singing. Now, think about it. Our gifts may look really, really different. Somebody say, wow, that is a diversity of gifts. All from the same source. Diversity of gifts. One Holy Spirit gave them. Look at the very next verse. There is a difference of ministries. But the same Lord, if we took just in the life of this congregation and we laid out the various ministries, they would be so different from each other, from those that, that keep up our facility and and, uh, and and our transportation. Think how different that looks from a women's ministry. Think how different that that might look from a children's ministry. And we could go on and talk about the 40 or 50 ministries that we have here. And quickly we could decide this is really, really different. Uh, The ministries are so manifold. They're so diverse. And he says, you know what, though? It's the one Lord that gave us all these ministries. Remember, we're part of the body. Christ is head. The church has all these ministries. One Lord. Notice the third one there in verse 6. There are diversities of activities But it is the same God who works all in all. We have different gifts that we use in different ministries. But even within those different ministries, there are different activities and powers at work. But it's the same Holy Spirit. It's the same Lord. It's the same God the Father that gives us all these things. Keep in mind, we have nothing to boast of of ourselves. It's God that gave us these gifts. You don't have anything to boast of. God gave it to you, just like the person beside you. God gave them their gifts. And we have the various gifts, but one source. Now, where does this take us? Look in 7, and in verse 7, we see the reason we have these gifts. Verse 7, but the manifestation, that's the showing forth, of the Spirit is given to each one for the prophet of all. Okay, so the Holy Spirit gives us gifts. And he says, listen, every one of you has a gift from the Holy Spirit. First Peter 4 and 10 teaches the same thing. Now, why do we have that gift? Is it, again, I know I've already said this tonight, but think about it. Do we have this gift so that people will think I'm important? Do we have this gift because, you know what? The only reason I serve is I found out that when I serve, I feel better about myself. Now, most of us do feel better about ourselves when we serve, but is that the motive to serve? 
You won't ever find that kind of selfish motive in holy writing. What about if we say this? I love the Lord and His kingdom more than I love myself. And so I'm willing to be an instrument, a tool in God's hand, in God's kingdom. And I serve because I love the kingdom. I want to see the kingdom edified. I want to see the kingdom grow. And so I'm willing to serve to do that. And you know what? A beautiful result is I do feel better about myself when I do it. But here's the question. What if you go through a phase of life where you don't feel better about yourself? Are you going to quit serving? Well, if that was your motive, you would. But you know what? We could go through that phase where we don't feel so good, but we still love the kingdom and we would serve. Notice that phrase, for the profit of all. If there's ever a time that someone in this congregation is invisible or left out on purpose, we have ceased using our gifts the way God has meant for them to be used. God means for our gifts to be for the profit of all. We serve each other because that's the why God has given us the gift. All right. When we look at verse 12, we see that we learn there are many members, but only one body. And then when we go to the next side, we see diversity. We see in verse 14 and 15, 16 and 17, that if we were to look at like the physical body, that there's feet and their hands and their ears and their eyes and there's noses. And, and of course, all of those members are very different from the other. But in our physical body, we love and appreciate every one of those members. And so what this is teaching us is that we are very different, but we work together in one body for a common purpose and cause. We move together as one and we fight Satan as one and we approach our community as one. And I love verse 18. It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible and that might be hereditary. I know it's one of my mama's favorite verses in the Bible. Look at verse 18. But now, do you appreciate things that are custom built? I don't know why it is, but you ever notice the price always goes up when something's custom built? You ever notice that? Look at verse 18. You're custom built. But now God has set the members, each one of them in the body, just as he pleases. God looks down at Mount Juliet Church Christ and he says, you know what? We're going to need to look after people and encourage them with some meals that are sick. And so he places years ago, Kevin Mann in this congregation that starts Meals on Wheels. And you know what? God looks down in his wisdom and says, you know what? But Kevin Mann is going to go to Japan. So at the same time, I'm dropping him in there. I'm going to have to get John Stallworth in there so that, so that he can pick up the torch and he can take that and let it go. And think about it. He says, you know what? Wilson County Jails, they need a lot of, of help. Years ago, he said, I'm going to put Tim Martin here. And now look where he's put Tim today. Listen, there is no accident why you're a part of this congregation. Somebody stopped me, and I hate to say this because you're going to hear it here, but somebody stopped me this past week, and I I was having a lot of people talk to me, just one right behind another. And they said, I just wanted to tell you how much my sister loves and appreciates the Mount Juliet Church of Christ. Her and her husband live, I think, in Switzerland. He said, they worship with you guys every week, live stream. God knew that we could reach a world. 
And he gave us a lot of help. And one of those key ones would be Carrie Chapman. But he also knew Carrie wouldn't live forever, probably. It seems like he is here all the time forever. But, 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 so he drops in a Hardison Moles. And here's a young man that while Carrie's at work is helping us run the sound at VBS. Listen, brother, I'm not just talking about, oh, David's trying to encourage folks. I'm not, I'm trying to make it real. Do you realize everybody here, there's no mistake where God has said, this is going to be a ministry. This is going to be an opportunity. And I'm going to place the person there. Now, granted, there's probably a lot of ministries God had in mind that aren't taking place yet because some of us haven't stepped up. But I assure you this, God's given every one of us a gift and an opportunity. And we have to decide... Are we going to do what God's designed for us to do? Which member of your body will you do without? So I, I need them all. Which member of the body, which place of service is God comfortable doing without? Listen, it's not just simply that God loves you. But God loves you enough that He gives you a place in His body to find purpose in His kingdom. And it's so important that we realize in verse 22, He talks about the weaker members. God says some are going to be weaker. But you know what He says? They're still just as important and deserve honor. Listen, diversity. There's going to be some one-talent people here and there's going to be some five-talent. And you know what? God loves and wants us all. There's going to be some here that are much stronger and there's going to be others that are weaker and God wants us all. And he even talks about in the following verses in 23, 24, and 25 how he's going to give the abundant honor and even talks about that as others among us suffer that we ought to care for them. And so now this brings us to 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter and verse 31, what we read a while ago, but earnestly desire the best gifts. And yet I show you a more excellent way. So somebody says, okay, I want to find the gift God has given me and I want to put it in use. And God says, okay, that's good, but don't forget the E go for excellent. Use this gift in love and notice first Corinthians 13, one, two, and three gives us equations. And if you'll glance at the screen, you'll see if he gives you a spiritual gift in verse one and you use it with the absence of love, he says, it's just a noise and it's worth nothing. And in verse two, he says, you could have teaching and knowledge and, and faith and prophesying. You can have all these things, but he says, you do it with the absence of love. And he says, it's worth nothing. And he says, you can bring and you can stock the pantry. You can even sell everything you have and give it to the poor. You could even give your body to be burned. But he says, you do it without love and it's worth nothing. Let that sink in. A few weeks we'll have community giveaway day. It was a great encouragement the last time I worked in it. But I just want to paint a scenario for you. If you're working community giveaway day in a few weeks and someone comes up and they're rude and they're ungrateful, are you still going to serve them with love? Because if you can't, your service was worth nothing. We can't minister without love and have something of value. That's how important love is. And so... We say, well, what is love? 
Here in this context, love is a verb. I'd like for you just, if you got your Bible open, verse 4, if not, look on the screen. And I'm just going to give you a list out of verse 4, 5, 6, and 7. I want you to think about all these are actions. Love suffers long and is kind. It does not envy, parade itself, or is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely, seek its own, or provoked. Thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, rejoices in the truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. There at the end, are you pessimistic? I want to encourage you to try love. Try believing in people again. Try believing in the opportunities to do good again. Believe all things. Bear all things. Now, where does this take us? In the 1 Corinthians 13th chapter, the first phrase in verse 8, it shows us how safe it is to love. Love never fails. Listen, when we fail, it's not because we practice love. It's because we didn't practice love. So how important is it? 1 Corinthians 13, 13, when he says, But now by its faith, hope, and love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. So what are we supposed to do? He says that love is the excellent way. And if we practice anything in the absence of it, it's worth nothing. Yes, it is an action. It is a verb. And we need to put it to life. And when we do that, we won't fail. It is greater than faith and hope. And then the very next verse, ignore the chapter break. The very next verse, look at 14 and 1. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts but especially that you may prophesy. And so think about this. So he says, I want you to pursue. Pursue what? Pursue love. Will you go out this week? When's the last time you've chased something? I mean chased it. You ever chased a promotion? Back in your single years, did you ever chase a girl or a guy? You ever chased a dog? I spent all day, one hot June day, chasing goats. I've never owned goats since. (laughs) What have you chased? What have you chased? How hard have you pursued love? I want to challenge you this week to make a renewed commitment that you're going to chase love. You're going to love the unlovable. Everything you do in ministry and in service, you're going to do it through love. Every relationship that you share in, whether it's a relationship with an enemy or a best friend, you're going to do so with love. You're going to pursue it. The E. Would God give you an E? You know there's only one thing you know. When you see a turtle on a fence post, he didn't get there by himself. There's not anybody here that got to where you are spiritually by yourself. Won't you write them a letter this week and humbly tell them how grateful you are and then go out and serve others like that person served you using their gift in love. Tonight, all that matters is that we're in God's family. Loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength and loving our neighbor as ourself and everything else falls under those two commandments. If we can help you in any way, 
If you're ready to be immersed into Christ, if you want to be restored, if you want to study more, if you need prayers, if there's some way we can love you and encourage you, we'd love to do it. Come as we stand and as we sing.